Hello and thank you for tuning into the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, September 18. Let's jump into today's top stories. Michigan State has sent football head coach Mel Tucker a notice of its intention to terminate his contract for cause. The notice states, at this point, the university has amassed a body of undisputed evidence of misconduct that warrants termination for cause. MSU also indicates Tucker material breached his contract with admitted conduct that constitutes moral turpitude and has brought public disrespect, contempt and ridicule on the school. Also per MSU, this action does not conclude the ongoing Office for Civil Rights case, that rigorous process will continue. Meanwhile, MSU has retained law firm Jones Day to investigate the leak of Brenda Tracy's identity, per the Athletics' Chris Vanini, who notes MSU also hired Jones Day in 2017 to investigate how the football program handled sexual violence allegations. SMU raised $100 million in seven days to support the Mustangs' transition to the ACC, President R. Gerald Turner said, while there is still much work to be done, the ability to rally this kind of support in just one short week demonstrates that SMU and Dallas recognize the excellence of this opportunity and are stepping up to support it. Mustangs' AD Rick Hart adds, the news has energized not just our fan base, but the Dallas community. Every metric we have has jumped in the last week, and we look forward to continuing that momentum both this year and next year as we begin ACC play. Dartmouth men's basketball student-athletes Kate Haskins and Romeo Myrtle explain their motivation for unionizing, writing, first, many of our players currently juggle part-time jobs alongside their academic and athletic commitments to help pay for their tuition and living expenses. While we currently receive many forms of non-traditional compensation, these don't pay our bills, and so we are unionizing to be compensated like other student employees, with hourly wages similar to other student wages on campus or scholarships. This would alleviate the need for second jobs and enhance our experience as part of the Dartmouth community. Second, several of our players have suffered serious injuries during practices or games and needed to pay substantial amounts of money out of pocket to cover their health insurance deductibles. We believe Dartmouth should be held responsible for those costs and any long-term disabilities that may arise from our participation in Dartmouth sports. They go on to call on other athletes here at Dartmouth, across the Ivy League, and the country to follow this story and join us on the journey to improve the conditions for college athletes everywhere. SBJ's Michael Smith and Brett McCormick take a look at Learfield's restructuring, and CEO Kolka Hagen points out that if the company would have had to pay the roughly $1 billion in debt that was due by the end of 2023, then, not only would the school agreements have been terminated, but so too would the sponsor agreements as well. What I was trying to avoid was the disruption to their business. I wasn't going to let that happen. Smith and McCormick note Gahagan's transparency with ADs was key in getting deals with schools reworked. Florida State AD Michael Alford said, we wanted to be a good partner to them and understand their financial situation. I think they would understand if I came to them with a financial situation, they would work with me on it. So we worked it out in the best interest of both parties. In all, Learfield reworked its deals with five schools, Boston College, Cal, Florida State, UCLA and Utah, which played a pivotal role in helping the company reduce its debt from $1.1 billion to $500 million, and Gahagan says. That was the hardest conversation I've ever had to have in my career about the realities of what lies ahead. And those realities I laid out were relatively simple. Either we were going to find an equitable landing spot or, if we didn't get there, someone from the new ownership group would make the decision. Kansas AD Travis Goff said, I think it's a credit and testament to Cole and his leadership to create this pathway. This new $150 million equity investment, we see that as providing us new opportunities in the partnership. 
Learfield and Kansas can invest, reinvest, newly invest in some new opportunities. The FCS Oversight Committee expressed initial support for a transfer window model that establishes a uniform application of transfer windows in FCS and FBS beginning with the Monday following the second Saturday in December. Monday following FBS Conference Championship Weekend considers the impact of the early NLI signing period and consists of three segments, one each in December, January, and April. The Women's Basketball Oversight Committee introduced into the January 2024 legislative cycle a concept that allows skill instruction to be publicized and to be conducted in view of the general public, effective immediately. The committee also supported a proposal to open the transfer notification window for 30 days on the Monday following Selection Sunday and expressed an interest in another option that would result in the transfer notification window opening for 30 days after the second round of the NCAA tournament. The committee generally supports a concept to allow foreign trips every two years instead of every four years but raised concerns for future discussion. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, September 18th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.